The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today we're going to discuss hacking your way to the next order of magnitude using PPC. Joining us is Kevin Urrutia, who is the founder of Voy Media, which is an agency and catalyst for business growth, helping brands cross the thresholds from six figures to seven, maybe seven to eight, using performance marketing. And today, Kevin and I are going to discuss how high volume creatives can help you scale your paid social efforts. All right, here's my conversation with Kevin Urrutia, founder of Voy Media. Kevin, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Hey, Ben. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you on the show. Looking forward to talking to you a little bit about buying your way into your growth. Let's talk a little bit about some of the businesses that you work with. In my intro, it says going from six figures to seven, seven to eight, moving up an order of magnitude. This is not just validating that PPC works. It's actually focusing on scale and One of your key tips is to start thinking about creative. Why does creative matter so much when you're trying to scale your paid social efforts? So when you're sort of trying to scale up, I think it's a very different thing that you're doing versus when you're starting out with like a new brand. I think in the beginning, when you have a new brand or new company, really what you want to focus on is like your product or your offer. That's sort of the important stuff there. But then once you sort of know that your offer or product works, you now need to make sure that you have enough creatives or volume And when I say creative, that could be videos, images, or even just content that people can read about your website when you're seeing paid traffic too. So a lot of the content that we like to test now too is also advertorials because that is a different hook or angle that you can use to sell your product or item that you have. And then a biggest one, of course, is going to be the images or video that you use. And the biggest brands that we know that we're working with are basically developing all these creatives in-house or they're using a company like us to sort of make these images or hooks that we need. And the reason why I say that is because with creatives, you can really put all your hooks and angles on there. It's very easy to make an update to an image, such as add a new ad copy on top. Something that we're doing right now is, you've probably seen this before, it's kind of like those meme types of creatives where you have like the image but on top is like kind of like that catch line. And in there, that's sort of where you add the hook that you want to use. So for example, we're a lot of skincare companies. In there, you can have like, hey, have dry skin, have ashy skin, have skin that's oily. There's so many hooks or creatives that you can make. And just there, that's already four images that you want to test. And then there, that's sort of where we tell like, hey, think of all these sort of value props or sort of issues that someone might have that your product can solve and put that into a creative, essentially your hook. 
So I'm going to take it a step back here because there's a lot of different variables that you just talked about. And for me, when you're thinking about launching or validating PPC as a channel, you know, a lot of what you're doing is focusing on cultivating an audience, right? Your pixel seasoning, the term du jour that I hear in the MarTech space is that you are building your retargeting pixels, you're giving Facebook and Instagram or whatever advertising channels you're working on enough data to understand not only what a conversion looks like, but who's the audience that's going to convert. Eventually, when you get to the point of maturity where you know your audiences, you have a good understanding of what some of the value props you should be offering, then it becomes how do you keep your messaging fresh? Now, you mentioned, okay, well, come up with sort of a standard creative and be able to cycle different taglines or aspects of the creative in there. The skincare brand, as an example, ashy skin, dry skin, flaky skin. I don't know any other types of skin, but whatever the problems are. Yeah. When you're thinking about producing your ad creative, do you think about producing a template where you can put in different pieces of copy or are you starting to try to do experimentation for different types of creative? In the beginning, it's really about different types of creatives because like anything, you want like the big wins. So you want like the major changes. So different types of creatives. And then we call those years like concepts. You basically think of a huge concept that's going to make sense. And then you test them out. You test like three or four concepts. You say, hey, this concept works really great. And now you take that concept and then you sort of templatize it. So that way you can add all the other marketing messages that you might have. And But that's exactly kind of how we think about it right now. Talk to me a little bit about the difference between creating a flat image where you're cycling in different pieces of content, your ashy versus your dry versus your whatever other types of skin there are. And thinking about using video creative or different medias of creative, you mentioned advertorial as well. What's the right place for the right type of content? Well, depending on kind of what you're doing. So we love doing video. We do images as well. But the biggest one that we like to do is video. And the reason why we like doing video is because you can really break down video into different segments and parts. And once you know what segments or parts are working or not working, you can then swap them in with your creative team. So with a video, for example, we like to break it down into four parts. You've probably heard in marketing is just ADA, attention, interest, desire, and action. And then we use the metrics on Facebook to tell us how this video creative is performing. And based on what we're seeing, we'll swap in or even update parts that are not working. So for attention here at Void Media, it's basically saying like, hey, 25% of video viewers watch at least three seconds of the video. Because if they watch at least three seconds of it, that tells us that this hook, for example, could work. And that could be like, hey, you have oily skin. So if people watch this and they resonate with this message, then we go to the second part, which is interest. How do we now keep them interested? Because now we're going to talk a little bit about another benefits of the product or even continue talking about the issue that the person is facing. And then if they do like it, then we go to the next part, which is desire. Now it comes to revealing the product or the offer that you have. For example, it's like, hey, if you buy a one month, you'll get the second month for free. And then ultimately, it's going to be desire, which is the action. Did they buy the product? And did they give us the ROAS that we're looking for? And each of these parts, we're sort of breaking it down by metrics in Facebook that we can easily diagnose. And at least for us, like we just have an Excel sheet where we pull the creatives and then we'll have like yellow, green, red. And then each week we'll say like, oh, this part is red. That means it didn't perform as well as we liked. Let's go swap it out with another thing that potentially could work. So rumor has it Facebook prioritizes video creative over the flat images. Have you seen data suggesting that using video gets more impressions, has higher conversions than just a thumb-stopping image? 
we heard that too, but we tried it. For some brands, videos performs better, but we do a lot of clothing companies and we still see like collection images do much better where people can browse it. And even for some food products, we just see static food images of food getting cooked performs better. I think it's one of those things where you just got to test it. We see for some brands where it does require like education, then a video is better because you can actually educate them in that video. Whereas like a standard pan, you don't need to be educated on what a pan does. Now you just need to show more versions of what you can do with the pan, right? Yeah. So when you think about producing creatives at scale, that also makes you incur incremental cost. Mostly if you're doing video, the content production can get pretty damn expensive. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. How do you think about modifying your videos or editing them so you have scaled creatives without driving your production costs through the roof? For scaling the creatives, it's like kind of what's the photo shoot or the video content. It's more about the creativity of what you can do with the content in the videos. It's really about analyzing what you have. But to get like a video editor or like an image editor, you can find a lot of those on Upwork or even like Fiverr, if people have heard of that, where you can just send them the content and say, hey, look, slice it up in a different way that's going to work better. It doesn't need to be as expensive as people think it is because there's so many great Photoshop or video designers from other countries that you could use, especially if you're bootstrapped or on a budget. So kind of how we think about it sometimes too is like you yourself as a strategic thinker and then you hire an outsource and sort of like templatize it into something like Asana. Yeah, there's the economy of geography that can help you modify your creative. Have you done any testing in terms of color or specific imagery that you find to perform better? When you swap out a background in a video or an image and you go from yellow to green or red to blue... Have you seen any indications of what actually stops people's thumbs? I still love using what I call fire truck red, which is the fire truck color. I think that image always performs pretty well because it's such a nice deep red. So we've seen a lot of those images do well where it just sticks out on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, just Google fire truck red. It's like it even works really well for like a checkout button. It's just like a great red color. Probably my favorite red. 
I mean, I've heard that when you're using different images, yellow is supposed to be friendly, blue is supposed to be cool, red is supposed to potentially be angry. I've actually heard stay away from red call to action buttons unless you're a company named Google. When you're going through the creative process, and this is what really matters, how much are you using analytics to figure out what is the right imagery, what's the right background? Talk to me about the process for evaluating your design choices. A lot of it has to do with working with creative people. So we have like a creative director and we have a creative strategist in-house. And this is like, it's an interesting conversation because we like to just look at the data because our background is like computer science. So we have like an Excel sheet or Google sheet where we analyze all the creatives. And then you have your creative people in-house that are like, oh, but this is so beautiful. Like it's going to perform well. And then you run it and then Facebook tells you what it's going to perform well. So I think it's really letting the data tell you what it is and understand why it could perform well. So when we're looking at, at least for us, we're breaking down a video into like the ADA part I was talking about. For us, internally, success is when 25% of video viewers have seen more than three seconds of that video. Even if they haven't, there's no debate. The hook or the angle or that first three seconds just was really terrible. So let's change it. And that's how we then inform the creative team that you guys need to swap that first three seconds because the numbers just won't play out. It's just going to be too much of a high CPA, too low of a click rate that's just going to work. And then we'll break down into like the second part, which is what we call interest, right? And then for us, it's if you have a video creative, did somebody watch at least 40% of that? And if they did, that means if this was interesting enough for them to keep watching the content. So let's keep using the segment or even use it for like a different video later on. But if they didn't, again, we'll tell a creative team or we'll tell the video editor, like, hey, look, this part just wasn't resonating. How can we tweak it? Maybe we need to change language or maybe we need to use a different stock photography in here. So then we'll switch that up. And then we'll go to the next section, which is desire. And here's where we look at the click-through rate. So we ideally want anything above a 1%, even a 2%. Anything below that, it just gets way too expensive and it just won't play out the numbers. If we see that basically desire is kind of like that hook I was telling you about, or even like that uh, offer that you have. So you really need to sort of entice people to click and go to your website or tell them something that's kind of like catchy that's going to make them want to see more. And then ultimately, of course, it's going to be at ROAS, right? So ROAS is always the number that everybody wants. And that's kind of where we're seeing, hey, is it meeting above the target ROAS? Let's go in there. And that's kind of how we think about it. Of course, it's like you need to be creative, but then you can't get too attached to it. That's why I would tell people like we want to do high volume craze. So when we make creative, let's make four or five. That way you don't fall in love with that first one. It's kind of like when you work on something, the first one you do and you spend so much time on it, you kind of get like married to it. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to change it because your mindset is just like on that where for us, we'll say, okay, let's just do five. That way there's no favorites essentially. I think that's an important point to think about is when you're designing your creative, you might fall in love with it. It doesn't mean it's what actually is going to perform the best. Kevin, give me one last tip for people that are trying to scale their Facebook ad campaigns. What's an optimization tactic that is your secret sauce? I think the biggest optimization tactic that I think for e-commerce company is they don't explain their products enough. So when you have a product page, I always tell people, it's like very bare bones, but then they're, everybody's always looking at Amazon as a great sort of company to model. And I tell people, go to look at an Amazon listing and see how it's created for conversions. It has reviews, it has bullet points, it has descriptions, it has images, it has videos, it has other products that you might need. It has, if you look at some of the really competitive niches, the images have so much graphics, have much detailed data on them that you can see what the product is. So And again, just take a look at Amazon landing pages or product pages to see what you should be doing to your product pages. We mostly see e-commerce pages from people own on Shopify, very sparse with like very little details. Beg, borrow and steal, always a good strategy. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Kevin Yurutia, founder of Voy Media. 
In part two of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Kevin and I are going to discuss using Facebook for e-commerce customer feedback. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Kevin, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is It's Danist, I-T-S-D-A-N-E-S-T. Or you could visit his company website, which is voymedia.com, V-O-Y-M-E-D-I-A.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.